Well, good morning to you. It's been a rich series already, I think, in the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 7 already. I was blessed by Dan's intro a couple of weeks ago. I was blessed by Robin opening up the Beatitudes to us last week. And it's my task this week to focus in again on the Beatitudes. It's a second message on the Beatitudes, but I don't want to in some way reteach or re-preach what Robin shared with us last week, but I've got a real opportunity. I'm grateful for it just to be able to share from my heart a bit this week on the subject of the Beatitudes. And so go with me, doing it with no notes or little notes. I just want to try and share from my heart and just open up these Beatitudes. And because I think if we really grab hold of what they mean, if we really take to heart what Jesus is saying here, then it's life transformational. It really is. And so um, let's let's really delve into this again today and let's really see what God has to say to us. So we're in Matthew chapter five, the first few verses of Matthew chapter five, when uh, Jesus details these beatitudes to the crowds that are following and listening to him. I was struck and I've preached on this before in Mark chapter one, and it's detailed in the other the other gospels as well. But in Mark chapter one in verse 15, Jesus announces just before he calls his first disciples and just before this Sermon on the Mount, he declares that the kingdom of God is breaking in. And he says that we need to repent. His followers need to repent and believe the good news. I won't go into lots of detail on this because I've shared it before, but those words repent and believe are so important for us to understand. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is breaking in. Repent and believe. Repent means change your mind. Think differently. Change direction. Believe is is much more than just some head knowledge belief in something. It needs action. I can say I believe in giving to charity, for example, but if I don't then go and actually give to charity, then all I'm doing is some head knowledge of, oh, it's great to give to charity, isn't it? It's got to mean something if we believe something. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is breaking in. Think differently, do things differently and get into action. Make a response, do something with this change of mind, change of heart. And then he's straight into these Beatitudes, this upside down kingdom of God, making it clear that this kingdom is not a kingdom of this world. It's not about power and influence and money and authority. This is about, so it's about spiritual authority, but not in the way that many people seek after authority in our society. Jesus is saying it's different to all of that. Think differently, get into action, do things differently, make a difference, change how you think and operate. The kingdom of God is not as you think it's going to be. And we read that the kingdom of God is for the poor in spirit. Jesus makes the point so clearly, the kingdom's breaking in and the kingdom of God is for the poor in spirit. It's for those who mourn, it's for the meek. It's for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's for the merciful. It's for the pure in heart. It's for the peacemakers. And it's for those who are willing to go through all kinds of persecutions. This is what the kingdom of God is about. It's different to what you may think it is. Jesus came not as many people wanted a Messiah to overthrow the Romans, to free them from Roman rule. He came as one who was going to lay his life down 
because the kingdom of God is different. And Jesus, as he kicks off this Sermon on the Mount, this is his message. It's different to what you think it's going to be. Many of you will know that a few weeks ago I spent a week in hospital. I had a collapse at home and they were doing all kinds of tests to find out what was going, particularly focusing on my heart. And I was in the cardiac care unit of Basingstoke Hospital and had some incredible opportunities to share the gospel with people. I just was just open. I didn't particularly go for it. I didn't try and preach at people. I was just open about who I was. And even something as simple as just leaving my Bible out on the side of my bed. So when nurses came over and I was chatting to other patients in my bay, it was just it just started conversations. And even on like the first night I was there in that particular unit, I was able to pray with the other guys in my bay. We started praying morning and evening, committing the day to God, committing the night to God. I had an opportunity to do a discovery Bible study with those guys in my bay as well. And there was one particular day when a young guy in his 20s who was in my bay, he was having some issues with his heart rate going up and down. And his heart rate started to jump right up. He was lying on his bed, but it was up to like 170 beats a minute. And he was in a lot of chest pain. And um, he, he said to me, can you get some help? So I ended up kind of walking to the edge of the bay and shouting up the corridor and and as the nurses were coming down, I went back in and I just said, can I pray for you? And he said, please do. And I put my hand on his on his ankle and his leg and I just prayed out loud. I prayed, God, would you do a work in this man? Would you heal him? Would you restore him? Would you bring this heart rate down? Would you remove the pain? And there was one that nurses came in and, and, and helped him. And, and that was great. But there was one medication left for the doctors to try they'd tried a load of medications to get his heart rate under control there was one left and we just prayed in that bay that this would be the one we prayed lord there's only one medication that we need to work may it be this one and it did it brought his heart rate under control and he was able to go home the next day what an amazing testimony of just how you can reach out and see god work with those around you but here's the point when you're in hospital, you're surrounded by people who are asking questions. You're surrounded by people who don't know what the outcome's going to be necessarily. You're surrounded by people who are desperate to know what's going to happen. Are they going to be okay? What's the future holding? Uh, what's the future going to hold for them? And I think there's just an opportunity when you're around people in that kind of situation to see God move because theirs is the kingdom of God. People who are poor in spirit, people who are mourning, people who are just in need of God. That's where you're going to find God moving. You know, I just so admire people. We heard from Aleph a few weeks ago and we've heard from Phil Thomas and people about the food bank. And we've heard about other initiatives. And I just love the way we can just see God moving around and, and amongst people who need it so much. If you want to see the kingdom of God at work, get involved with people who are poor in spirit. Get involved with people who are those kind of people that I just read out that are in need of God. Because theirs is the kingdom of God. That's where you're going to see God working. Let's not just be people who hang around in church buildings or at church meetings or in nice, comfortable, small groups. Let's be people who are willing to reach out to those in need. Those where God, the kind of people where 
God just wants to reach them and draw them nearer. The kind of people that are reaching out for God. Because that's where we're going to see the kingdom of God at work. There's a story in Luke chapter 18. And it's about a Pharisee and a tax collector. You know, Jesus had a lot to say about Pharisees. Religious people who knew the law really well, thought they were right with God because they did the right religious things and knew their their scriptures really well. And this Pharisee goes into the temple to pray and says, I, I thank you, God, that I'm not like this tax collector because I do this and I give to the poor and I pray and I read the scriptures and all these kind of things he was listing. And then this tax collector came in, the tax collector who's just despised by so many, probably ripped people off and, and took far too much money off people. And the people were suffering in poverty and these tax collectors worked for the Romans and, and they were just despised. But yet this tax collector comes into the temple, just beats his chest and says, Lord, have mercy on me. And Jesus says the person that went away justified was not the Pharisee, not the one who thought he had it all sorted and had it all right, but it was the tax collector. It was the one who was poor in spirit, the one who recognised his need of God. He was the one who went away justified. That challenges me deeply. Maybe it challenges you too. But this is where the kingdom of God is at work. There's a story that my parents told me many years ago that they were living up in Glasgow at the time and they didn't have much money. My dad was involved in Christian ministry. He earned very little. They didn't have money. And it was Christmas time and they'd managed to scrape a bit of money together to buy myself and my brothers some basic presents. But they didn't have any money for a turkey. They didn't have any money for a nice meal. We just the plan was just to have a kind of normal meal that we'd have throughout the year and uh, there wasn't all the trimmings and all the extras that you might want at Christmas and uh, they were doing student work at the time and one student who they were working with won a Christmas hamper through his work a little competition at his work and he was going to go down to see his his family in England and he couldn't take this hamper on the train back home for Christmas it was just too big and he decided he felt a bit of a god nudge I'm sure but just decided to give this hamper to my parents and it that in there had a turkey it had some alcohol it had some treats it had all the things that my parents weren't able to afford and we were able to have an amazing Christmas together I don't remember I was young but I know that my parents told me that they were just so grateful to God and so grateful to this person for his generosity and obedience and just giving them that hamper that particular Christmas. The reason I tell this story is that sometimes we can have so much. If you're like me, I've been a Christian many years. I've been around church many years. I've kind of been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And it's so easy to become a little bit dry. It's so easy to lose a bit of passion. It's so easy just to go through the motions that maybe we just don't get inspired in the same way anymore. We've just kind of lived this for a long time and if we're honest it's got a little bit dull. Maybe it's got a little bit like it's just going through the motions. 
It's like a, a millionaire who's walking along the street and sees £10 and almost can't be bothered to bend down and pick it up because, hey, it's only £10, I've got plenty of money. Whereas someone who hasn't eaten for a few days might come along, find that £10 and wow, wow, what provision, what I can eat for the first time in a few days now. Maybe for someone who has or had that Christmas, everything they ever wanted because they had enough money to go out and buy it, they wouldn't have appreciated that hamper. But my parents so appreciated that hamper because it was everything that they didn't have. And I think these Beatitudes are a real challenge for us. We've maybe been around for a while and feel like we have all we need. When something comes along, it's so easy to kind of think, oh, that's cool, but, you know, I've kind of got that. I've kind of had that, been there, done that. And yet it's an amazing gift for someone who's poor in spirit. It's an amazing gift for someone who wants to draw near to God and doesn't know how to do it. We've done it over and over again. But we can so easily miss these gifts of God because we've been there before. I remember in a meeting we heard from uh, Tom and Brooke last week. And uh, I remember Brooke sharing with me that she was in a meeting uh, just before COVID hit. So one of our Sunday meetings at the Apollo and the worship was going on. And, and she just had an encounter with Jesus during our time of worship. And it was just so special because she hadn't had that encounter before. And maybe you've been in so many worship meetings that it's just become a bit like oh, same kind of songs again or same kind of music again, and same kind of band. And hey, we do this every week. But yet for someone, for Brooke on that occasion, it was life giving. Because it was new and it was that first love moment. Have we lost our first love? Because the kingdom of God is for those who hunger and thirst after these things. This has been such a challenge for me looking at these beatitudes. It really has because it's challenged me to the core about this upside down kingdom of God. It's not as the world sees it. It's so different. Could we be challenged afresh today to understand that there's so much on offer for from God but we need to become like little children like Jesus encourages us to do not childish but childlike have we become a little bit professional have we become a little bit used to everything you know there's a real challenge with all these online services I hear people say oh, I'm just a bit bored of this now it's been going on too long and, and, and it has and we long to get back together we long to meet in the ways we want to meet, I get that. I'm with you too on that. I want that too. But these Beatitudes, listening to the start of this Sermon on the Mount, has challenged and encouraged me afresh to say, how can I become like a child again? How can I become like someone who's poor in spirit? How can I become someone who hungers and thirsts for righteousness? being right before God and living for God, even willing to put up with persecution and all that kind of thing that it talks about here too. How can I become like that again? How can I avoid becoming stale and just used to it all? Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we 
I trust feel challenged. I thank you for how you've challenged me over these last few weeks. Just to be someone who doesn't go through the motions just because I've been a Christian a long time. I don't want to be someone who's just settled for an average kind of go along and do my church thing kind of Christianity. I want more than that, Lord. And if it means that I need to become more poor in spirit, if it means I need to reignite that passion for to hunger and thirst for righteousness, then I pray you'd help me do that. I pray you'd help us do that. I pray that we'd be people who would truly seek after you. Who would truly be willing to lay our lives down afresh for you. In this new season that we're moving into as lockdown is released and as things start to open up again. Would you help us in our small groups and as we maybe manage to to meet in bigger groups as well as time goes on. Lord, would you help us to be those kind of people who are right before you, who position ourselves right before you, not like the Pharisees feel like we've got it all read, all, all sorted and we're just good before you and we do the right religious things. That's not what it's all about. We want to be like the tax collector who comes in and beats our spirit, our chest and says, Lord, have mercy on me. Help us, help us to position ourselves right before you, we pray. And in this new season, we pray that you would pour out your spirit afresh. We pray that just as these people were listening to this sermon on the mountain, it was life changing for them. May it be life changing for us in this new season, we pray. May we reach many people who are in need of you. Help us to reach the poor in spirit. Help us to reach those who mourn. Help us to reach the meek. Help us to reach those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Help us to be merciful. Help us to be pure in heart. Help us to be peacemakers and help us to be willing to endure persecution if need be to see your kingdom advance. Let this upside down kingdom be real to us, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.